0: Pastor Xavier Reese, and Simple Truths of the Heart of God. God would rather forgive than to judge any day.
1: Isaiah 28, 21 says, It is a strange way for God to deal with judgment. He doesn't want to judge. His nature is love. He wants to forgive. But He won't force you to go to heaven. You have all the right to go to hell. Wow, it's a choice, ladies and gentlemen. May God give us wisdom to turn from our sin if you don't know Him.
0: Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. How much good do you have to do to get into heaven? How much bad do you have to do to keep you out of heaven? Well, the answer to the first question is, you have to do enough good to live a perfect life. But the answer to the second question, the simple truth is, just one bad choice nullifies anything you have done to try and earn your salvation. Pastor Xavier says there is another way. He'll explore that in today's study from Romans chapter 2. It's appropriately titled, Hell is Full of Evil and Moral People. Look at verse 1.
1: The Apostle Paul condemns the person for their hypocrisy. The Apostle Paul confronts the hypocrite by asking some very obvious and basic questions. Paul confronts the hypocrite with his self deception about God judging him for his sin. He rebukes him sharply for his sin against man, which is unrighteousness. And do you think this, oh man, you who judge those practicing such things, you think you can escape? You're judging these guys, they're a bunch of rats, and and you're eating the same cheese, and you don't see yourself a rat? Look at 5. Paul declared the condemnation of the hypocrite. The problem is the heart. But in accordance with your hardness, and your impenitent heart being unrepentant despite the amount of evidence and opportunities that God has provided. So, the judgment of God is based on truth exposing hypocrisy. Secondly, a like 6-11, through 11, the judgment of God is against deeds void of the truth. Look at verse 6. The apostle Paul declared God will hold each person responsible for the the things and actions of their own decisions in life. Every one of them. Paul stated the actions of God towards the moralists here. In the day of judgment for his contempt towards God. Listen to the phrase. Who will render to each one. God's not going to punish you for your wife or your husband's sins or your parents. Yours. If you're a non-believer. Okay, because the Christian is not even in chapter 1 or 2, okay? This is all unbeliever. The word render means to pay or to discharge. What is due? This is a form of wages, the end result of what you've earned in your animosity and rejection of God. So we sow, we reap. Paul states that the perfect righteous judgment of God on a person will be, mark this, according to his deeds. The recompense is in proportion to the person's doing, indicated by the word according, kata. And so God will make no mistake as to the things committed by a person. God's verdict will be the epitome of justice, and he's quoting Psalm 62, 12 here. No one's going to need information. He's not going to need information from anybody, okay? Okay? Look at the word deeds. simply means anything done and brought forth by the individual. The context is judgment of the deeds, not salvation. Anybody who points chapter 2 that God's going to judge me according to what I've done is out of context. This is judgment. Judgment against the measure of light you have. It's against you, not for you. Your works work against you as a non-believer, not for you. You don't believe me? Just keep a log tomorrow, all day long. On one page put good, on the other one put bad. Let's see at the end of the day, tally it up. Do you really want to be judged by your works? And be honest about it when you tally them. (laughs) No amount of works or deeds can save a person. These deeds are those done apart from knowing God or looking towards God, condemning the person. Now look at 7 through 10. The Apostle Paul describes the two outcomes possible to people by the judgment of God. In verse 7, Paul identifies the individuals who submit to the righteousness of God provided in Jesus Christ. He says, in verse 7, they are the recipients of eternal life, life that never ceases without end. They are characterized by being God-centered and God-conscious. Listen to the phrase, to those who by patient continuance. You're looking to God. This is the one who stresses righteousness, okay? The phrase patient commitment means steadfast endurance. The idea of being a person who has not swerved from his deliberate purpose and his loyalty to faith and piety by even the greatest trials and suffering. It's a key word for the man of faith appearing five times in the book of Romans after this. Now, notice the steadfastness is due to the new birth. In doing good, seek for glory, honor, and immortality. That identifies the person who's born again. Okay? Now in verse 8, Paul identifies the individual who does not submit to the righteousness of God provided by Jesus Christ. They are those who are, listen, self-seeking and do not obey the truth. Just the opposite. The sharp contrast is marked by the word but. They are self-centered, being self-seeking, For their glory. Not the glory of God. They do not obey. They rather are those who obey unrighteousness. This is a decision they make. Look at the word obey. It means those who allow themselves to be persuaded. They don't allow themselves to be persuaded by the creation, by the evidence of God, but they do allow themselves to be persuaded by the wickedness. Wow. The course of their action is to unrighteousness, injustice, wrong. And evil things. Now, notice the recompense of such a life is indignation, wrath, tribulation, and anguish. The all inclusiveness of the judgment transcends national or cultural identity on every soul of man who does evil, the Jew first, and also the Greek. The phrase every soul means every person without exception, and man, anthropos again, means a human being. Jew or Gentile it doesn't matter. The greater judgment being to the first being the Jew and then the Gentile in view of the higher privilege of being the people of God. They had the word of God. We're going to get into that in chapter 3 and 4. Now, look at verse 10. The confirmation of the godly recompense is stated, but glory, honor, and peace to everyone who works what is good to the Jew first and also to the Greek. There it is again repeated. Paul proclaims the vindication and perfect judgment of God for imparting eternal life to one and eternal punishment to the other. Listen carefully. For there is no partiality with God. Boom. Settled. God cannot be accused. The word partiality means no respect of person or literally to receive a man's face. Four times the word or the phrase there of the word is used in the New Testament. And it's all of God. Romans 2.11, Ephesians 6.9, Colossians 3.25, and James 2.1. There is only one work that God will accept for salvation. You ready for it? Listen to the words of Jesus, John 6.28 and 29. The Jews said, what shall we do that we may do the works of God? Jesus answered and said, this is the work of God that you believe on him whom he sent. That's the only work. You believe in works? It better be that one. Listen to Titus three. 4 through 7. But when the kindness and love of God, our Savior, towards men appear, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to His mercy, He saved us through the washing of regeneration, the renewing of the Holy Spirit, whom He poured out as an abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, and having been justified by His grace, we should become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Not by works of righteousness. God created man with the ability to choose. A free moral agent, and endowed by every person who is born into this world. If man has no free will, then God cannot hold him responsible for what he does, right? If I'm a robot, how can God judge me? He would be unholy. If man has a free will, God has to honor his choice. Otherwise, it wouldn't be free will. But man is a free moral agent, responsible for the choices he makes. Let's, listen to me. You and I are responsible for every decision we ever made in life. We were influenced by people, the situation, the environment, but I made the choice. The judgment of God is certain, for it is appointed every man to die, and after that the judgment, Hebrews 9, 27. Every person who rejects Jesus Christ and they die, they will be judged for their deeds, not for salvation, for the amount of judgment they receive. God has always provided man with the, with the ability and choice to remain an enemy of God or to be reconciled to God because of that free choice. Sometimes people say, well, what, if, what about that people who doesn't know hear the gospel? We've talked about it, but in case you haven't listened to me. I can't tell you when, where, or how. But if a person is allowed to be born into this world, that person will get at least one opportunity to hear the gospel, whether it be through a missionary, whether it be through an angel, or God directly. Because if God doesn't give, every person, he cannot be just, he cannot be holy, he cannot be good, and he has to be a liar. Think through what I'm telling you. I don't have to defend God. I fall back on his righteousness. He's perfect. He's holy. He cannot make a mistake. And if he makes an invitation, he has to give the choice. And if he gives the choice, he has to give the presentation. Right? So much for believing that God's going to allow people to perish without a chance. Let me show you some examples in Scripture. Genesis 4, 6-7. The Lord tells Cain, Why are you angry? And why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door. And his desire is for you, but you should rule over it. The Hebrew says, It's like a beast ready to leap upon you. God can see where he is going. You're going to kill your brother. You're upset. If you repent, hey, I'll take care of it. If not... It's going to tear you apart. There was a choice there, ladies and gentlemen. He chose not to choose the right way. Deuteronomy 30, 19 through 20. Listen. Paul, Moses says, I call heaven and earth to witness today against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both of you and your descendants may live, that you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey his voice, that you may be cling to him, for he is your life and length of days, and that you may dwell in the land which the Lord swore to your father, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and to give to them. Choose. Here's the choice. God never favors any person, for he is the epitome of holiness, justice and truth. No level of morality impresses God. The difficulty good moral people have is accepting that they somehow can win their way to heaven because they've done so many good deeds or because they haven't done other things. No works will impress God. Good works will not be able to make up for the bad works. They can't justify us. He's not impressed. Listen to Deuteronomy 10, 17, For the Lord Yahweh, our God, Elohim, is God of gods, lords of lords, the great God, mighty and awesome, who shows no partiality, nor takes a bribe. None at all. The judgment of God is against deeds void of the truth. Notice thirdly now, verse 12 through 16, the judgment of God is based on the measure of light affirming the gospel. Look at verse 12. The apostle Paul declares the futility of any sinner having hope apart from the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Those living by their own standards will perish. For as many as have sinned without the law will perish without the law. That means the Gentiles. They didn't have the Mosaic law, and they they'll perish without it. The word sinner simply means to miss the mark, implying that there is a standard. They just don't live up to any standard. They have no law. They're lawless. They, they live what they want. The law refers again to the Moses in contrast to the moral Gentile. And the moral and ethical person will be judged by the measure of life they have lived by the word perish, which means to be put out of the way entirely ruined. So if you're trusting in some moral principle, some, whether it be your own or whatever, it's not going to cut it. The reason being is that no one is morally perfect and God's standard is perfection or Christ. Those living thinking they have measured up to the demands of the law will perish and as many as have sinned in the law will be judged by the law. The law accuses me. I can't keep it perfect. I'm a sinner and guilty, so it condemns me. Look at 13. The Apostle Paul declared the vital principle of God's law. The law demanded complete obedience, for not the hearers of the law are just before God in the sight of God, but the doers of the law will be justified. Paul is not contradicting himself, but simply stating that the person who looked to the law of Moses as the promise of the future justification by faith in the coming Messiah, and lived by the provisions of the law, God would honor it as faith. Later on in chapter 4-3, it says, Abraham believed God and was counted to him for righteousness. But the person who looked at the law as, as that's the measure, and I have kept it, he's deceiving himself. You understand? Because you can't keep it. Now look at 14 and 15. The absence of the law of Moses from the Gentile does not excuse or free them from being accountable to God. They understand right and wrong. For when the Gentiles who do not have the law by nature do the things... Of the law, these, although not having a law, are a law to themselves. Every person in society knows that killing someone without a self-defense motive or reason is wrong. Every society and person knows that. Every person in society knows that lying is wrong, stealing is wrong, adultery is wrong. We know it. They are judged by the measure of light instilled in them. Being created with the moral capacity after the image and likeness of God, as we saw in chapter 1. Their lives affirm the law of Moses, listen, who show the work of the law written in their hearts. What the Jews had in two tables, the Gentiles have in their heart. The Ten Commandments, simple. Their conscience responding negatively to their sin, their conscience also bearing witness. You remember stealing your first candy bar? And don't tell me you didn't, we all did. Or Johnny strike down the school or something. You know what I mean? The first man, it was so hard. But the second time, a little harder, less harder, less Pretty soon you are pro. Because your conscience can be altered. It can be sinned against. Their evil hearts callous through conscience, blaming others and justifying themselves. And between themselves, their thoughts accusing or else excusing them. So you confront somebody. And you're kind of oh, I shouldn't have done that. And then they go, hey, why did you do that? Hey, hey, if I wouldn't have done that, I wouldn't have done that. Well, you don't understand the situation. So we accuse and we justify, right? Where would I come from? The conscience God's given me. This is called general revelation. Creation, conscience, history. But general revelation cannot save you. It only holds you accountable that there is a creator, and you know that. What you need is special revelation. Chapter 1, verse 16 and 17. But if you're open to general revelation, it'll point you. God will meet you with the special revelation. You understand? Absolutely. Look at 16. The apostle Paul declared God will judge all sinners one day. The day is stated as the white throne judgment of God by his description, not the name. He says, in the day when God will judge the secrets of man by Jesus Christ. But John the Apostle records for us the white throne judgment. Revelation chapter 20, verse 11 through 15. Let me just walk you through it. Listen carefully. The day is after the millennial kingdom. Jesus is the judge. John says, Then I saw a white throne uh, and him who sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heavens fled away, and there was found no place for them. So it's after the thousand-year reign. It's Jesus Christ. Verse 12 says, The one being judged are those who rejected the righteousness of Jesus Christ for salvation. He says, And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God. The measure of their judgment... Is there recorded thoughts, words, and deeds in their life? Nothing being concealed. And books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the books. And then in 13 of Revelation 20, the possibility of someone escaping the judgment of God is dismissed. Listen, the sea gave up the dead who were in it. And death and Hades delivered up the dead who were in them, and they were judged, each one according to his works. What a scary thought. Every thought, deed, word, everything. Verse 14, the final abode of every one is Gehenna. Then death and Hades were cast in the lake of fire. Gehenna, as you know, is the word, in the valley of Hinnom is where the trash was. Burning fire. Jesus says, where the worm never dies, the fire is never quenched, gnashing the teeth. That's a good picture of Gehenna, the last abiding place of the non-believer, burning with fire and brimstone forever and ever. The judgment constitutes eternal separation from God. Listen, this is the second death. The first death is physical. The second death is eternal. You've rejected Jesus Christ. You can only accept Jesus Christ while you're living. Once you die physically, you automatically partake of the second death. The sentence is at the white throne judgment. The confirmation of the righteous judgment of God is the registry in heaven. Listen. Verse 15 of Revelation 20. And anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Gehenna. Same place. So notice he closes here in verse 16. The judgment is just as revealed in the gospel. According to my gospel he makes it personal jesus said for the father judges no one but has committed all judgment to the son john 5 22. there is a huge painting in the supreme court building in a little country of switzerland it was painted by an artist named paul robert and the title is justice instructing the judges in the background or the foreground are the litigants and about them are the swiss judges The question was asked, how are these people going to judge the various litigations? The artist answered, very simple. Just as usually blindfolded with her sword vertical as is common, is unblindfolded with her sword pointing downward to a book on which is written the word of God. Wow. That's even better than Our Lady. (laughs) the word of God the basic problem with man ladies and gentlemen is that he is a sinner without exception we're just saved sinners all have sin come short of the glory of God Romans 3 23 all have a deceitful heart desperately wicked Jeremiah 79 God would rather forgive than to judge any day Isaiah 28 21 says it is a strange way for God to deal with judgment he doesn't want to judge His nature is love. He wants to forgive. But he won't force you to go to heaven. You have all the right to go to hell. Wow. The conscience of man is described in various ways in Scripture. A good conscience, a pure conscience, a seared conscience a defiled conscience because conscience of man is not sufficient. It can be altered. It can be indoctrinated. It can be marred. It can be callous. So when I become a Christian, I recalibrate my mind with the word of God. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. Prophet for doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction, and righteousness that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly furnished unto every good work. 2 Timothy 3, 16, 17. It is the word of God. Not my opinion, not my emotions, not what you believe, not what anybody believes. It's the word of God. The judgment of God will miss nothing. Listen to the words of Jesus, Matthew twelve thirty six. But I say to you that every idle word that man shall speak shall be given account therefore on judgment day. That is scary. I am so glad I'm under the blood of Jesus. Ecclesiastes 12, 14. Every deed will be revealed, motive and secret thing. Listen. For God will bring every work into judgment, including every secret thing, whether good or evil. But the good won't save you. Okay? Ecclesiastes eleven nine. 9. And I'll close with this. Rejoice, O young man, in your youth, and let your heart cheer you in the days of your youth. Walk in the ways of your heart and in the sight of your eyes, but... Know that for all this, God will bring you into judgment. It's a choice, ladies and gentlemen. The judgment of God is based on the measure of light affirming the gospel. Paul has dealt with the judgment of God against self righteous moral judgment here hypocritical, phony. The judgment of God is based on truth exposing hypocrisy. The judgment of God is against deeds. Void of the truth. And the judgment of God is based on the measure of light, affirming the gospel. Man, one more chapter. All Jew and Gentile are going to be flat on their face. Guilty before God. That's good news. May God give us wisdom to turn from our sin if you don't know Him.
0: Pastor Xavier Reese offering the only path to freedom. A simple truth. He draws from our study series of the Book of Romans. Now you can hear this message again if you like online anytime by selecting today's date under the radio tab at calvarychapelpasadena.com. And if you'd like a copy of today's study to dig deeper or perhaps pass on to a friend, it's titled, Hell is Full of Evil and Moral People. You can request a CD for just $4, which will include everything we heard the last time we were together as well. Once again, the title to ask for is Hell is Full of Evil and Moral People or simply mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Again, that's Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And thanks for mentioning the call letters of this station when you get in touch. This helps us track the effectiveness of this ministry in your area. And then join us for more Simple Truths next time with Pastor Xavier Reese. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com